This is Emerging Possibilities, powered by Volvo Group Australia. Here we talk to industry experts about the future of mobility and how it will shape both our lives and the world we live in. Welcome to another episode of Emerging Possibilities, powered by Volvo Group Australia. I'm Matt Wood, and we've got Timothy Camilleri, our um, e-mobility manager, along with us in the studio today, and a familiar guest, Heather Bone, Director of ESG for Team Global Express. Do you like how I actually got the name right? I'm so impressed. There we had go. the minister on site last week, and unfortunately, he got the name wrong every time he said it. Yeah, and, it's quite and embarrassing. I winced for you every time. <laughs> but now... We've got you back for a reason and you're looking very, very chuffed and I think I you should am, tell us why. I am really chuffed, Matt, I have to admit. So we have finally launched, I guess is the right way to put it. We finally signed the contract for our ARENA funding, the Australian Renewable Energy Funding, for an investment in 60 electric vehicles, which is pretty damn good, I think, to even say it. So my understanding from Volvo, it's the single largest order of electric FLs anywhere yeah, in the world. Duty. Yep. Medium duty. Medium FL duty. And medium duty. Yep. It's also the single largest order of one of your competitors, Light Duty, mm-hmm. who shall remain nameless. Am I allowed to say the name? No, I just, I'm just going to go. Did we, did we cover the rules here now? <laughs> like, you know, what are the rules today? <laughs> they not don't a, matter. Not it's only my... did we not cover what topics should we talk about, but what are the rules for today? This, this is part of winging it, Heather. We're yeah. Just, this, this is, is where we're just like, winging it. Yeah. So you're going to do your Tinkerbell music in the background. and Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So pretty exciting place to be, Matt. I have to admit, it's been a great year, an incredible year. But with any of these projects, it takes such a long time to come to fruition. You know, Tim and I... Bless him. Uh, and Paul Ilmer started talking about this pretty much this time last year. Yeah, I pulled out some of my uh, old emails in uh, when it was announced and having a think about what the timeframes were. And when we started talking to Rena and I was pacing up and down in the <laughs> summer heat talking to you around my street December last year we about how we formulate too. it, how we get the calculations done, all the rest of it, and how to propose this. So at a minimum, it's 12 months of work to get to this point. I'd forgotten all about that hot Sweat, yeah. you know, talking. You were at the back and you wouldn't have Wi-Fi. You wouldn't have your I connection have half the Wi-Fi, time. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. there'd be a storm coming through. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's taken a huge amount of time, Matt. It's just going to be the most exciting project. We're going to be. Can I tell you a little bit about the project? Do you think you the can. listeners are going to enjoy yeah, this? I okay. think they will. Where I was going to go with this is because what's been really interesting since it was all announced is just how popular I've become. It's a low bar to start from. Yeah, but okay, I know. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. How have you mate. become popular in this, <laughs> well, Matt? because people are asking me lots of questions okay. and I suppose this, this is the point. It is a big project, but lay it out for me. What's involved? There's a lot of moving parts to this because obviously we're talking trucks, but we're also talking charging infrastructure. We're talking navigating what's involved with Arena. How do you get the ball rolling on something like this? You know what? I try and explain this to people that it's not a transport project. It's a total energy management project because you just mentioned it then. Yeah, there's 60 trucks, but there's also 62 charges. We've got 47 slow charges, AC charges. We've got 16 fast charges. We've got one spare. We've got a one mega battery coming to the site. So how we then install these on the site is going to be incredibly challenging. And a lot of people have said to me, why 60? How did you come up with the number 60? 
it was actually fairly basic. When you stand at that site, if you picture our Bungarabi depot, there's six wings in that site. It's an enormous site. You know, it's hectares and hectares. And each one of those wings has two rows, and those rows take 32 trucks, roughly 32 trucks. So we made an assumption that two trucks every day from each row are not going to be there for some reason or another, you know, whether it's the driver's ill, the truck's getting maintained, service, you know, whatever it is. So we stood back and went, okay, so if we're going to make these changes, we have to make the changes to a whole wing. We can't just put in one truck or two trucks. It doesn't make sense because we're going to have to change all of our conveyor systems. So the sortation systems, and there's kilometres of these things around the site, the sortation systems have to change. The zones that those trucks have to drive to has to change. The driver behaviour has to change. So we've got 180 or so trucks on that site. We're taking over a third of the site. So we can't really think about this just as we're buying 60 EV trucks, light and medium ridges. We're actually changing a whole site and the site behaviour. So it's going to be really challenging to do that. I think even from our side of things, you know, going through the projects, or oh, sorry, we started the preliminary side of the project and how they fit in, how we put the charges, how we optimise the space to make it work. I think, you know, you're talking about a conveyor belt system and how that's going to change to feed it all, but how do the trucks fit? How does the charges fit? We've got to do driver training. We've got to do handover. We've got to do continual operation of these vehicles as well. Like It's a nice, it's nice to be able to section your side off to have a whole electrified wing area, effective area yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. dedicated to it so yeah. and a lot of learnings will come of that and I think that's the the leading for all this is it's all been well and good we've talked about our side of things prepared and give input to your arena submission and but the fun starts now that's and, it the real work <laughs> the starts real work now. starts now yeah, yeah. getting it operational and reporting on that and making the lessons learned continue on throughout the industry as well as boarding this industry in this section with the learnings that happen, propping up the industry um, yeah, overall. Yeah. And that's why ARENA gets involved and we've talked a little bit. So it's the Australian Renewable Energy Agency. Their role is to support the gap between the total cost of ownership of an ICE vehicle and an internal combustion engine vehicle and the TCO of an EV. And we know that that price is more than double, right? And so their grant funding is about lopping that off, but it's also about a contribution to the infrastructure and that sort of thing. And when I first started looking at site, I thought, okay, well, if we're changing out these two sides on these two rows it would make sense to put the infrastructure where the trucks park up at night, right? Except for the fact you can't do that because the trucks are coming and going so constantly. There was such a fear on site that the operations and the drivers would just reverse straight into them and we'd be taking out infrastructure left, right and centre. So we decided to actually park them up. There's two areas. There's one towards the back of the site in what is currently considered to be a green zone. So there's going to be 40 parked up in a grid formation, a bit like the you know the start of a Formula One grid, with seven over another side as well with some fast chargers there. But really importantly, we've got these 16 fast chargers down the front of the site, which is where the trucks come in, go over the way bridge, if they come back to the site and they need that quick top up, they can do that during the day and it's right next to the driver facility. So the drivers can park up, go into the cafeteria, have their lunch, go and grab a coffee. 20 minutes later, they're going to have topped up. So we had to start thinking through all of these, you know, okay, crazy layouts and you know, the operational 
team on site would look at me and just run a mile when they saw me coming, you know, because, oh, God, there's this crazy woman trying to put EV trucks onto our site. You know, and seriously, they started wearing those steel cap runners um, <laughs> instead of steel cap boots. I'm pretty certain that was because they could see me coming. You know, when we looked at the load on the site, and I know that, you know, you've got other people coming in to talk about energy management and load management, that site has 400 kilowatts of installed solar capacity on it already. That only covers about 25% of our site needs. So it's still light on. So we've got this battery coming so that between four o'clock and eight o'clock at night, when the peak loads spike from 12 or 15 cents per kilowatt hour up to 500 cents per kilowatt hour, we can start arbitraging the market and managing that peak load. And so that battery is going to play a really integral part as a storage system, a battery energy storage system. As your management system, system, to be fair. So first of all, providing the electricity you need as well as mitigating the additional costs you would incur as well. So, yeah, yeah, a very critical part for something at this scale. And I think we've skirted around a little bit, but, you know, the topic of this is the smart depot of the future. It is. And and that's what it is. It's not about the trucks, the chargers, the solar, the battery. It's about the whole system working as one with the operations and and being as seamless as possible into a transition in this space. So... Mm. Overall, it's it's ambitious, but it's seeing how it's laying out and playing out. It's going to be a success and, and a strong success that we can all everyone can learn from. To be fair, you know what, Tim? I know there's going to be things that fail, oh, of course. without a doubt. There will be things that fail, but the whole point of doing this is to learn from those failings and all of the learnings that we've had even so far around, okay, we actually can't put the infrastructure there. We're going to have to put it here and we can't move the Weybridge and no, we can't do this. So that's we've right, had all of the, this. The, the cable, the wiring was going to have to go through the Weybridge, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. We've also done a, a huge amount of work with our wholesaler retailer who I'll give a plug to, MTA Energy. You know, Gareth Mann, their managing director, has just been amazing to work with and has been crawling around all of the existing cabling systems so that we can optimise the existing energy on site without having to bring in a second substation or another HV line coming into site. And without that sort of knowledge basis of, okay, we've got spare ampage down DBCon 3, we've got spare ampage down here, but we need another main switchboard. Those sorts of things, the operators are going, we don't know what you're talking about. So it's it's how do you bring all of that together? And all of these learnings we have to write down, we have to contribute to the knowledge sharing, share with the industry as well. Another one, just the other day, we realised we didn't have sufficient lux. We didn't have enough light for night times if they're parking up when it's dark. And there is no Australian standard for what that lux should be. On a site, because there is on, on road. A, because there is on road, exactly of course. Exactly, there is on road, but there is no Australian standard for how should an EV charging depot be lit at night. It <laughs> Great learning. It seems sort of obvious, but mm. we sat back and went, Wow. No one's thought. It was like taking that first step onto the moon going, (laughs) who's turned the lights off? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I think we've got a lot of really interesting things. We decided on 160 lux, by the way. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Just if you wanted to know that. The first learning, let's say. First learning. Write that down. Someone write that down. Just rewinding a little bit. So if you carve up what a project like this looks like. I mean, the obvious starting point is obviously the transport task itself, right? Like, I mean, that's how you arrive at the vehicles, I'm assuming, and what those vehicles have to do. I mean, is it as simple as that? I'm asking the question. Well, it is, but it's like you build this skeleton 
and you start pulling on different levers on that skeleton to see, well, what happens if I do this? And you go, oh, I can't do that. So we had originally started with 30 Volvos and 30 Daimler Fuzos, right, e-canters. Dare I say your competition, I'm not allowed to. We had started with 30-30, thinking, okay, well, you know, this is logical, these are the distances they can go. But when we looked at the weights and the zones and the distances and actually got into it, we discovered that we couldn't go as far as we needed to with the Fuzos, with those payloads versus what we anticipate we can get out of the EFLs. Now, that's not a brand thing, an OEM thing. That's just reality of the size, size of the truck, yeah. right? Yeah. Different tasks, different tasks. Different different, it's probably yeah. worth mentioning that they are two different classes of vehicles. Yeah. So exactly. One's, one's they're, light duty, one's very, duty, so yeah. they're not really competing against each other. Yeah, in that. different applications, different trucks. When we'd started, we thought this will be even. We discovered it's not, you know, so... From that point, you start with those 60 vehicles and then you transition to, okay, now we've got 36 and 24 and now we have to look at all what are the different routes we have to take and then you go through, or do you have enough energy coming into the site or are you going to have to wait three years to get more HV lines? So there are so many different levers of the project that you have to start thinking about that you very quickly realise, oh, maybe it shouldn't be 36.24. Maybe, as an example, maybe we need to put more fast chargers down the back and have more Volvos. Oh, we can't do that because we haven't got enough ampage through DB3, Con3. So for this... The balance of between all the, the balance fa- is very, factors. very, very yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and There's I, an iterative process to get to the result you've got to. You, sure you try and push the boundaries is. either which way. Try and keep it even, try and go big, can't go big. Uh, And and every depot is going to be different. Of course. And I guess the hard part is like you're going to put good lessons out into the industry overall because part of your the arena funding requires that. But they're not going to be a cookie-cutter approach for everyone. They're going to have way bridges in different locations, available amperages in different channels and all the conduits and all the rest of it. But the bare basis of how you deliver a project like this, the bones of it, let's say, will be there. I know now the questions to ask. I don't know what the answers are, but Mm. at least now I know what the questions are going to be that if I go to another depot, I can say, hey, have you thought about this, this and this? So, And I think that's the important part. So you're saying our second arena project will be a lot easier? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. maybe. You know, I I look at a number of our You people must be a hoot at parties. Well, let's get to the first one first, shall we? (laughs) Yeah, let's get this one working first. I look at our other depots and the layout is remarkably similar at a lot of our depots. However, the the physical layout and electrical, you know, the way the conveyor systems work, the sortation systems work, but the trucks or the application of them on those sites is different. So some of them, for example, are predominantly palletised express. So they're taking prime movers. We don't really have a prime mover solution yet for an EV. Give us, give us we're, time. We're getting there, we'll, we'll, you know. Soon. I'll give you a year. <laughs> so it happened to be very applicable mm, to this mm. site. But my starting position, to go back to your initial question, Matt, my starting position was I had two different sites, in two in Brisbane, two in Melbourne, two in New South Wales, and it was only through working with our fleet team to understand well, what's the application of the trucks there 
so that we could narrow down the depot that it could come to. And Bungarabi happens to be logical because it does have installed capacity of solar already. It happens to be the express parcel division. So it, it all sort of fell into place reasonably I'd easily for, there. I'd forgotten about the different sites we're I looking know, at. I know, right. And different yep, iterations. Pinta, Tennyson, yeah, right. yep. And the iterations of vehicles we're looking at and all the rest of it, landing on the FLs in the end. So it's all of this pain you've forgotten about. Too. Yeah, I've, Thank, I've, thankfully. I've, I've drunk it away, I think, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your uh, liver is yeah, yeah, yeah. Liver EV. But you're right. Yeah, I think the reflection on this iterative process to get to where it is, and I'm just familiarising myself, you know, trying to remember back to the, the Volvo side and input, but, you know, you as a central part, I imagine when you're trying to work on the operations, the fleet, the Daimler, the Volvo, the solar, the battery, the charging side, like it's a... A nice, it's, it's a nice little bit of chaos you've uh, it is. brought together. It is okay, mm. a nice little bit of chaos. I'll remember that. There we go. Right, yeah. yeah, as opposed to Project Cobra. Yeah. Project Cobra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, much more, much more seamless yeah. that one. Yeah. So, what has been the biggest challenge to date? Then I'll break that up into a couple of different ways of looking at it. So, what do you see as the biggest constraint when you're looking at a project like this? And then also, what's been your biggest challenge so far? You can't say working with me. <laughs> Well, I thought okay. that was a given. Okay. <laughs> right. Cross that. Oh, that doesn't leave me so what's with second much. What's the second worst thing? Uh, so I think the existing energy on a site and the existing infrastructure is probably more challenging than the trucks themselves. The trucks are the trucks. Like in the end, they, uh, they, they exactly. do what they do, right? You But filling them is, and especially at the scale you're at, well, we haven't seen an order bigger than this globally. Yeah, um, yeah. There are very few sites in the world that aren't buses that have more electric vehicles on it. So, you know, a lot yeah. of learnings coming from this was fed from some bus experience, I guess. But, you know, I think also when you think about that energy management system, right, it makes it really clear to you that you can't just change it for one or two. I can't change my sortation system for one truck. I can't just train up one driver. So the second thing outside of the energy, you know, putting aside the vehicles themselves, the second thing has been the working through what is going to be quite a comprehensive change management program with our team on site. And I've got to give it to them. So we had, before the contract was formally signed, we had two weeks of negotiations with our representatives from the TWU mm -hmm. and their 200 or so people on site. So we ran town hall sessions, sometimes three or four a day, starting at sort of 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. To get all the different shifts in all the different well. shifts yeah, in. They would come in, they would I'd show them what we're doing, you know, this is what the plan is, allow them to answer, you know, ask the questions. And there were some incredibly legitimate concerns, range anxiety, you know, all yeah, of, of those things yeah. that we talk about. Yeah. And so there was quite a sense of, of fear around this. But I have to give it to the drivers that in going through that process, they have just, they've come along on the journey they're really supportive. They're really excited that they're going to be, you know, this world's yeah. first, wow, we're going to do this. They this is amazing for the brand. Yeah, yeah. Right in the front of it all, to be fair. Yeah. And and it's going to be interesting to see how, by the sounds of it, great on you for the, stake, the stakeholder engagement you've done and change management you've done there. But Exhausting. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of early mornings. and for two, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think overall the reports we're going to get out of the drivers as well as part of this project. So, how the system works and is adapted and all the rest of it, but how the vehicles drive themselves, how easy it is to charge, how reliable is the charging, all the rest of it. You know, it's going to be great to hear what that side of things work because, you know, every bit of information we get on the truck side of 
when it comes to a driver and well, Matt, you and I, whenever we drive one as well, you know, it is a lot better or a lot nicer workplace to That's be in. It's it. quieter, less vibrations, it's less fatiguing, but let's hear that at scale, not just Matt and I saying, well, Volvo's, well, you know, nice. electric yeah. trucks are great, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, let's hear what these people who have long-term experience in vehicles, what that change looks like for them. And I think that part, half the time goes unsung. But it should probably be in the on the forefront of it as to yeah, what yeah. this difference looks like for them as well. You know what we also did that I'm really proud of because our sales and marketing team, so the account managers, the customer interface, they got on board really early. And so over the three-month period before that two-week period, I was running training sessions more broadly for ESG for our sales and marketing team for them to understand things that we take for granted because it's what we live and breathe. Okay, what's the difference between a scope one, two and three emission? And this is what the truck is going to look like. This is how it's going to be charged at night. So we've now gone through this whole training around ESG with our sales and marketing team. That is going to have to be constantly reinforced and reiterated because the customers, of course, Mm. are now coming out of the woodwork saying, we want to be a part of this. We want that contract. We want that service. We want want to have this. Mm. Um, But I think there's still this, "Mm, hang on a minute, Who's going to pay for that? Yeah, it's, it's still you know, we've still got to have those conversations. Oh, definitely. And I think how it's cutting out in the industry in general is has been quite interesting. There are some forced percentages on ESG from the contractor and onto the transport provider. There is some middle ground being found between the lot, but it's definitely an outcome that needs to be observed. You're talking about you've done the sales staff training, you've done the project, you've done the change management with the drivers and all the rest of it. Are there two Heather Bones or just the one? No, I have to admit, after the announcement, I went back to my little hotel room that night and I had a glass of wine and then I wouldn't like to say I passed out. I didn't have enough wine to Yeah, yeah, one glass doesn't care. But I didn't set my clock the next morning. And so at 8.30 I woke up and I thought it was the best I'd slept for the previous year. Yeah, I can imagine. Because that has been really hard. That Mm. until now, so I've now got two other wonderful people, Summer and Lauren, who are- Can attest to their wonderfulness. You can (laughs) do. They're they're pretty amazing. So they're going to be operationalising it, assisting Mm -hmm. with the knowledge sharing, allowing me to step back a little bit. But from here- taking those learnings and saying, oh, what do we do next? You know, because we can't stop here. We can't just sit back This isn't even a middle years. point, to be fair. This isn't a middle point. Exactly. That's a hard we're, ju- we're just at the tipping point or the, you know, the jumping off the precipice mm. sort of point. So, mm. but yeah, I do have to admit it, it's been a fairly sleepless 12 mm. or 18 months. <laughs> yeah, how are we going to cut it, to be fair? How do yeah. you think about all those conversations? So. so, what advice would you give somebody about to embark on this journey. And and I don't necessarily mean at that sort of scale. I mean, we get interest from people that have six trucks, right, that are really passionate about transforming their business. There is also a point where you can say there's an element of marketing to it as well, depending on what your application is, that you can actually put yourself out there as a a low emissions transport Mm, provider mm. and all that sort of stuff. So aside from just uh, ideological reasons, there's also a whole bunch of other reasons why it could be an advantage. What advice would you give somebody considering it? Don't underestimate Mm. the complexity. Mm. I think really um, don't just think, I heard last week of someone possibly even contacting you saying, okay, where's the form that I download to get the grant? And you go, ah, oh, yeah, it's not that simple. Yeah, it's you know, not money you, for jam. It's you not money for jam. You've got to work for yeah. it. Probably so. So probably so you've got to work for it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And when you look at the financial model 
it's not just a financial model. It has all of those levers that I was talking about. Energy or what happens if the energy costs skyrockets? What happens if the battery's not working one day? I think don't underestimate those what if moments and map them out and start to play with them because EVs will absolutely have a place and an application. It might not be your application though, right? Mm. You can't just assume that EVs are going to be the best for that application. And I think what Volvo's done really well and Daimler and the other OEMs is you aren't looking at that magic silver bullet. You're looking at a suite of solutions. And for someone like us, you know, for Team Global Express, we are going to need a suite of solutions. And you're not alone in that, especially. Exactly, And, and, you know, there might be uh, someone else who's all electric. There might be someone else who... It's all hydrogen. It's all hydrogen. It's all HVO or, you know, reduction in their emissions through their internal combustion engine. And that's why we largely sit back and say, stay energy agnostic to what the future look like to ensure that we can put the appropriate vehicle in your application or in the consumer's application. And and you're right, like this is a smart depot with all electrics, but it suits this use case for this site, for you as your your operations. And, And I think the way that you use the word agnostic Think of this as an energy management system. Mm -hmm. Be agnostic to what that energy is or Mm -hmm. where it's coming from because I think that at a point in time we will have electric vehicles will get bigger, the batteries will go further, hydrogen will become available. In the meantime, we have to have HVO. We've got to get renewable diesel. And then at some point in time it's going to meet in the middle. And And we'll have this balance between equilibrium between what's doing what, where. You talk about batteries being bigger and charges being faster and all the rest of it. You think about your site constraints for 60 small, small vehicles at this point in time really, how that plays out at scale into each of the depots is going to be a very interesting part. That's such a great point, Tim, because if we've got 180 vehicles on that site and we're only putting in charging infrastructure, Structure for 60, we've already topped out that site. Mm. So we either and these have are the to, little ones too. And these are the babies. Yeah. So if we, and I actually said that at the end of the, I've had my baby. <laughs> yeah. I finally had yeah. my baby Just after 18 months. Yeah, <laughs> 60 babies. Um, we are constrained for a site that is so, so large. We're actually constrained by that site over the number of charging infrastructure stations that we're going to be able to put up because other operations might be able to charge during the day. So Mm. other users might be able to constantly rotate fleets so that they're charging 24-7. For us, that application, they're out from first thing in the morning till 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock at night. When your solar's doing its job. When the solar's doing its job and it's feeding back into the grid and we're losing the benefit of it, so which is why we're getting the battery. So, yeah, I, I think you just can't underestimate, Matt, the complexity that each site is going to be different. And once your head starts thinking outside that box and without those constraints, it'll open up your mind to all of the different options available to you. My two bits of feedback for anyone embarking on an arena project is don't underestimate it, I think is Heather said at the start. And the other side of things is get yourself a Heather Bone or the <laughs> Heather Bone. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Because of all, and when we're going through different applications and information and hearing feedback from arena on projects that are going and all the rest of it, this is the first one, I think. It is. This is the first one, it yeah. Is, so, yeah, yeah. And by far the biggest and all the rest of it. So not because you're standing in front of me that I'll be in complimentary, but I think overall the effort you've put to and, and combined to do it at this pace Thanks, is uh, quite remarkable. But you've also put us all in a lot of pain. So, <laughs> at least you're with us. At least you're with us. <laughs> and you've put up with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think even from Arena's perspective, they did say to me it's the fastest application they've had. And that was still months and months and months and months. When did it open? Was it April? No, no, it opened in January, start of February, something yeah, like that. Right, right. We went through expression of interest and then mm. full application. And it was purely by force of no sleep, weekends, yeah. 
to try and get that in. And, I remember and replying to your emails on weekends because we needed feedback I, into the panels yeah. to get the panel feedback. And everything's feedback urgent, on. right? Yeah. You, you have to have Monday. it urgent. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that I have drunk this away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, yeah, I know I'm not a big believer that you have to necessarily go out and get highly paid consultant to go and get your arena fund. I don't think that necessarily works, but get someone who understands the process that you're going to have to go through. Get someone who understands transport and energy and and there's not actually that many people I was going to say, yeah, combining those two specialties and, not, and knowledge bases is pretty unique. That sounds like a unicorn called Heather. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thanks, <laughs> I will take that. I'll take that. Unicorn, <laughs> yeah, Heather, you thank know. you. Yeah, yeah, I'll put yeah. that on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm just thinking the profile photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a unicorn. We can photoshop this for you. <laughs> That's you. all right. That's all right. We've got a good marketing team. Uh, um, really? <laughs> the other side of the, I think, Heather, is, you know, Matt asked about the complexities or, ta- you know, the hurdles to taking on a project like What has been easier than you anticipated for this project? What did you think was going to be a hold-up, delay, a whatever it is to making this project come to fruition that you've gone, actually, that was easy? And it could be nothing. It could Everything could have been hard. Right. But- I, I would say 99% was hard. But, you know, the one thing that I think I underestimated was the support and passion for this project from our leadership team, you know, because when I first went to them in October last year, you know, I only started in September. The business really only started in September. Not once did they come back and say, that's a really dumb idea, Heather. Not not once. And, and, And they would have been well within their rights because the fleet team, the first couple of weeks would go, oh, you know, here's the loopy lady. But they in they, their steel cap joggers running away from you. Uh, yeah, 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 with yeah, those yeah. Steel, yeah. No, that's the operational team. But you know, <laughs> the the fleet team came around fairly quickly and went, okay, you know what? We're going to have to give this a try because they can see that this is coming down the line, whether we like it or not, and whether we're passionate about diesel and passionate about V8s, which you know I am. Yeah. Um, this change is coming, and to have our leadership team and particularly our board just pat me on the shoulder and go, yep, yeah, okay, off you go. We'll support you on this and off you go and yeah. you know, deliver the yeah. result if yeah. that's what you're going to do. Yeah. yeah, I think from our side of things to talk about your fleet team, for example, like they have well and truly taken this on and are managing this very well. And to be fair, they're just good questions. Like there's no opposition from out what we've experienced. And, you know, Frank will probably say differently or whatever it is. <laughs> but Frank. Uh, or Frank. But uh, hey, Frank. Yeah, that's uh, a, that's, hi, Frank. That's, that's, that's we a love big shout-out to Frank DeMay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, from our side of things, he's, he's been amazing. But, uh, you know, from your side yeah, as well. You know what? That's a good tip. Make sure you've got a good Frank. Yeah, good Frank as well, yep. to be fair. That's a very good point. I should have said that earlier. But from your side of things and your fleet side, they have taken this on. They have managed this well. They have The questions are right. There's no naysaying in it whatsoever. It's, okay, we're doing this. How do we do it best? And to be fair, there was only, I think, right back at the start, and this person knows full well who he is, would say, (laughs) Heather, I'm happy to be at the cutting edge. I don't want to be at the bleeding edge. Mm. And I think that's very fair. So to work through this process with him and for him to say even now, like, no, I support you. Let's go and do it. Mm. But like I said, Christine, our CEO, is, is remarkable. Adrian, our chair, They've never once said, no, we don't want to do this. They've not necessarily made it easy because they've asked all the right questions, if, if that makes to, sense. They, they have to. They have to yeah. from, from a, a governance perspective. You've got to you know, put the business case yeah. up. It's got, to, it's got to make still sense. Yeah. You know? you know, that's been tough, but... Has it got you a better result because of those questions? Like you've refined the project more or or have you just had to report for reporting's sake? Or have you, uh, has it helped you... 
No, I, I actually think, yeah, I think it's actually helped to finesse yeah. where we are now. Mm-hmm. What I'm hoping now is that we can put all of that aside and get on with the, yeah, get on with the job yep. and the delivery and the operations. I'm hoping that all of that sort of stuff is by the wayside now and we can actually get on with it. And I think as a general rule, they're pretty comfortable with that. But they're also, they're incredibly supportive of all of the knowledge sharing commitments that we're going to have to stump up for, for as part of this. So the critical part of any arena project is around your knowledge sharing commitments. So that's site visits and tours and school visits and presentations and, and that sort of thing. And, and as you know, I can talk under wet cement. I'm quite happy to, you know, Yeah, we're going to cut you off. We're going to cut you off at some point, yes. But also the, I mean, a luxurious position that I get to engage with all of our customers as well. And so our mm. sales and marketing team are really comfortable saying, hey, do you want to come along and meet Officeworks, Ikea, Woolworths, you know, all of the... And so I go into their quarterly business review meetings and and talk about what we're... Hey, we're going to do this. And to be able to have that excitement, I've got this Kermit the Frog sort of, oh, we've done it sort of look. Um, They know that this is something we're really passionate about. I think you're going to execute well. Like it's not just a... It's not just an electric truck for an electric truck's sake. It's not just an electrical system for an electrical system's sake. It is a true operational ready system that will support their desires and goals and strategy. Yeah. And like I said, the things that go wrong, we have to figure out how to manage them because they will go wrong. Without a doubt. Fail and fail fast and let's fail together. So we can learn quickly. And learn fast from it. So now um, you're getting to the stage where you're having to execute this and you said you've got some minions to help you now. So, <laughs> Don't call them minions. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, minions are a good thing. That's, that's an enduring term, I feel like. Hey, they're both gorgeous. Like if, if, if you've got <laughs> to meet these people. So say they were one-eyed and yellow. I just said they were minions. I mean, geez, wow. Um, but uh, what's the next big I've thing? Got, I've got to take them out for their Christmas lunch tomorrow, so that's right. okay. I will call them minions tomorrow yeah. and say, <laughs> Matt yeah. said to call you minions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see myself being trolled on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> but um, Matt's minions. <laughs> You don't know what to ask now, do you? No, I was actually thinking that's a really good name for a bad cover band. But anyway. <laughs> Funny you should mention, I'm actually picturing right now. So we're working with Jet Charge who are doing the charging infrastructure and they showed us a picture yesterday of one of the chargers because we said we can't have a black charger. We need to have a bright yellow charger with high-vis round and whatnot. Minion chargers. So I've got to tell you, this charging infrastructure looks like a little minion. There so there so it's not an irrelevant thing to say, Matt. There you anyway, go. We looped it right round. Look at you, st- look at you <laughs> look stumbling at you into success. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Again, stumbling uh, into success. I know. And I'll tell you the name of the uh, punk band I played in uh, oh, later. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> Matthew, <laughs> focus. Oh, I, I am focused. I want to know what you're going to do next. You've got Oh, me? Do- yes, oh. you. What's uh, next? <laughs> deliver this? And uh, I d- deliver this? Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean go and get a coffee. I mean like <laughs> as in what's the next project? Um, because clearly it's not a small company. Clearly you're not going to be happy with just, oh, we'll just do this a bit there and yeah. tell everyone about it, it right? Good so, point. So we we now need to start looking at how we – so first up there's going to be a huge chunk of my – time still remains with the project and rolling out the project because it's going to take so much focus and so much knowledge sharing and so many of, you know, these opportunities to talk about as well. Then we really have to look at how do we commercialise this? Where's the next opportunity for us? Because we want to stay ahead of the the ball game. We want to be the most sustainable logistics and transport operator. And I think that will be a combination of, or where's the next logical depot 
to roll this out that we can prove doesn't need arena support to do it. You know, we've got to get to yep. a point that it's not going we to need. stand up on our own legs. Yeah, it's got to stand on yeah. its own legs. I think we'll be as quickly as possible looking at how we can roll out HVO across the fleet. Yep. Uh, so I really want to get renewable diesel into our fleet and mm-hmm. it's a drop-in alternative, so it's a no-brainer except mm-hmm. for the cost, of course. Yeah, well. I've already got a couple of projects on the go around hydrogen. You know, looking at fuel cells, I keep saying to Martin Merrick, I want the first, I want the first, I want the first. And, you know, he he, <laughs> he, he just nods, nods and yeah, smiles yeah. And, and says, yes, dear. Um, <laughs> so, you know, hydrogen is going to play a big part. We're going to look at how do we change out uh, to sustainable aviation fuel? How do we change our forklifts? What can we do around fuel efficiency and mm. driver behaviour? Because I really love getting out there with the drivers and spending time with them. And I've got to just put a word out to our main union delegate at Bungarabi, a guy by the name of Skull, who is just awesome. He's just a really top bloke. And if you haven't seen it on LinkedIn, I got a photo of him with his Volvo cupcake at the launch. (laughs) And I I honestly couldn't tell whether he was more excited about this FH that he'd just parked up with the two trailers, the brand new trailers, all branded, whether he was more excited about that or the EVs or the cupcakes. And so I really want to be able to spend time with the operations and learn from them about what they think is next as well because I don't think you can underestimate the value that you can get of just a simple conversation with someone going past. And like even now I'm getting emails from people that I don't know talking about, hey, can we put solar panels on the top of the body? I think there's going to be a number of different projects. We're looking at could we change out our on-site generators to biodiesel? How do we, or to renewable diesel? How do we lop our peak loads? So there's all of these different projects coming up, which I'll be working on as well. And you'll be interested to hear that they all are named after a particular car, of course. So there's this was Project Cobra, mm-hmm. as you know. Uh, there's Project Mustang. There's Project Corvette. There's Project Bel Air. That's I'm more detecting about, a theme. There's, there's a bit of a theme here. Yeah, all V8s. I haven't heard. Well, I think Hemi it's a bit ironic, yet. right? I haven't got a Hemi 6 yet. <laughs> well, no, that's going to be the next dog's name is Hemi because okay, right we've on. got Shelby and Windsor, uh-huh, right. so yeah. the next dog is going to be Hemi, I, so that's already taken. Go, going back to you, you know, you're, you're <laughs> talking about your different side of things you're going to help with, like, I guess, HVO and SAF, sustainable aviation fuel. How are you going with supply of that? Oh, it's non-existent. I think we're starting to see some of our colleagues are bringing in a few tank loads. It's starting to come in from Neste, but we need volume. You know, mm. so I was talking to one sustainable of sustainable volume, sustainable right. volume at a, a word, but. at a good price. Right, we yeah. know Australia lags the rest of the world when it comes to these sorts of getting fuels. Yeah, but we have to get it to a price that makes sense. What are we, we have now? To, just over double for the for oh, the even treble. It's treble. Uh, treble. Yeah. You yeah. know, getting it into the country is you know and, three and, times and the and price. And limited volumes and yeah. And so they were saying, oh, do you want twenty thousand liters? Do you want forty thousand liters? And I said, I need one hundred and ten million liters. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's great, but I need a whole lot more than that. So at a reasonable price. At a reasonable price. So that's going to be. We're we talking about. Are we talking about? producing it here in Australia as well? Because currently it was all import, right? Currently it's all imported, but there are a couple of really good entities looking at making it in Australia, so that's fantastic. Um, BP is looking at transitioning their Quinana plant in Perth um, to make both renewable diesel and SAF. So that's going to be really interesting. So, yeah, lots of nice projects coming out of the woodwork that 
these are the things that keep me awake at night because I, well, I get excited I'm, by them. I'm just I'm just glad there's two Heather Bones to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, know, what's right? the collective noun for more than one unicorn in one place? <laughs> uh, yeah. Bony? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bone. Da, da bones? Da dem bones. Bone. Bone. We call unicorns. them dem bones. A bony of unicorns. Oh, yeah, a bony of unicorns. Okay, we'll run with that. Well, on that note, seeing we're covering such intelligent topics now, Thank you very much for your time, Heather. Thank I'm you, I look Matthew. forward to chatting to you about another muscle car-themed project in the future. Lovely. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, Tim, honestly, thanks for all of your help over the last 18 months, the Volvo team as a whole, but Tim and Paul couldn't have done it without them, could not have done it without them. And thanks, I think it sometimes underestimated the the heartache that we go through to get to these projects. And Oh, yeah. Yep. The interaction, but I did go back at the night of the announcement, have a look at all the correspondence, type in the keyword, with Arena themselves, with you, and thinking about all that work and time. Or, or help in the yeah, subject line, yeah, yeah. help urgent. or urgent. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Saturday, Heather. I've got kids to look after. Uh, uh, but so? You know, yeah, 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 it doesn't matter. we got a Project Cobra to deliver. But no, yeah. I think overall it's been a, a testament to the true partnership, but not between Team Global Express and, because it was told at the start of this, uh, Team, Global was, Express, was, yeah. Team Global Express and Volvo, but all the other partners as well. And yep. I think the unison that Project has worked in so far should see it be successful. Yep. And if we do fail, we're going to fail fast, fail together and learn quickly. And that's going to be an important part to play yep. and an it, exciting part. It's been a, what's the right way to say, a path of faith, right? It's, oh, I, yeah. it's sometimes I've felt like that unicorn or the, the mother hen just going, please, can I please just have Yeah, <laughs> and one of us goes wanted, wayward. And, no, and, and I'm I'm no, 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 come back, come back here, come back here. It's like herding cats, but <laughs> we got there in the end. So yeah. I'm, I'm really proud. I cannot tell you how proud I am of it. And I keep having these moments where I'll be sitting in the car with the biggest grin on my face, right? And your cheeks are sore. So, yeah, I think working with the Volvo Group has just been incredible, absolutely incredible. Thank you. Fantastic. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Emerging Possibilities. Send your comments, suggestions and questions to emerging.possibilities at volvo.com. And, of course, remember to rate and review this show.